1: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Guerrera. It is Thursday. So I'm with Levin Black. Hi, Levin. Well, hello there, Rob. Long time, <laughs> no talk. That's the nicest greeting you've ever given me in like the <laughs> five years we've been doing shows together. <laughs>
0: five years? Jesus, I'm not that old.
1: It's probably around there, yeah. It's, uh...
0: it's, we're, we're coming up on, this will be our fourth season, this next season. Yeah, I was pretty much right. Four oh, years, yeah. five years. You only almost doubled it.
1: Right. Yeah, sure. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, before we get rolling here, everybody, please like and subscribe to the YouTube page. And, of course, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. We are starting to get some reviews, and we are grateful for them. Uh, before we get to some of the Aaron Rodgers rumors and Levin's rant on the J.T. O'Sullivan video... I do want to read a couple of the reviews because we are grateful for them. First one comes from Al200 or AI200. Not sure if that's a lowercase L or a capital I. Five stars. I truly appreciate what stats and the crew bring to covering the team I root for. This is the podcast for knowledgeable 49er fans. Commenting honestly on what happens on the field and in the front office is not negative and is what adult fans want to hear. Keep it up. Because another Homer podcast is not what this fan base needs. That's from Alejandro. So I guess that would be an L. And uh, this next one comes from Ryan V 22, five stars, the gold standard, set the standard. This has been my favorite 49ers podcast. And when it went down right before the NFC championship game, I felt like I lost a family member. I didn't know how to live my 49ers life. Thanks for bringing it back. Everyone in the network brings a different and honest take and I'm never bored. Jason's kicker comments had me dying laughing. Thanks to the entire team for all the content. Go Niners.
0: Two satisfied customers. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I I did realize something there when you were reading the second one. That kind of sucks. Yes. When they say gold standard, we don't know which they're referring to, the network or our show. <laughs> that one, I think, was pretty clearly the network as he continued. But I realized like, people, when they come in and say gold standard is my favorite, if they just say that, we're going to be, well, What? which one are you talking about?
1: I just assume all the nice things are about us. And then, you know, if there's any other parts that apply to the rest of the network, okay, fine. But, you know, that's just me. All right. Let's get into what seems to be, Levin, an endless stream of 49ers quarterback rumors. Because once again, here we are sitting here and we're talking about another quarterback rumor with the 49ers. This one comes from Craig Carter. Is that another
0: quarterback rumor? It's the same damn quarterback rumor (laughs) every offseason. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, This one comes from Craig Carton from his show, Craig Carton Live. And basically what he said was the Packers and 49ers have talked about an Aaron Rodgers trade. It would be a few, a couple, not quite sure the exact number, but some amount of third round picks, which the 49ers have three this year and a first round pick next year. And that, of course, is if Rodgers and the Jets can't, or the Packers and the Jets can't get this thing worked out. Just your general reaction to the Aaron Rodgers rumors bubbling up once again?
0: Uh, BS. That's my reaction. Here's the thing: if you start breaking it down, you'll realize that there's an agenda being pushed here, and it doesn't make sense. Not that I necessarily think the, the the show made it up it it could be the Packers going through him. But that's what it reeks of to me is the Packers are pushing this out there to scare the Jets to try to get the sta- the Jets to budge because the real part of it that bothers me is the package that was thrown out there of like what they're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is no way the Jets aren't willing to pay that. Right. That's not a, that's not a steep price. Like what are we talking about here? Oh, Hey, we couldn't get the jets to agree to trade a third round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here. Like they're going to be willing to trade multiple thirds. It, the sticking point from what what has been reported is that they want one of the jets top picks. Now the jets might be willing to give like a first round next year and the Packers are not budging. It just doesn't make sense. The trade package that was mentioned along with this rumor doesn't align with what you would think the Jets are willing to pay. And if the Jets aren't willing to pay it, they would not have gone out there and signed all these people for Aaron Rodgers because that's not a steep price. And then you look at it from the 49ers perspective. What the hell do they do if they add Aaron Rodgers? Cause one, how does it work money wise Two, okay? Well, you can't cut Darnold with his contract. You can't cut Lance with his contract. You're not going to cut Purdy. So you got to try to trade Lance. That's the only one that works. You can't, you're not going to have four quarterbacks. So you have to trade, Trey Lance at that point. And that raises the cap hit. So once again, that creates a cap issue, you know, it's only uh, like 1.7 million or something like that, but it's a, it's a bigger cap hit when you're also adding in Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't make sense. If Darnold wasn't here, I could see it maybe possibly, but with Darnold, and his contract i don't see any way that the niners would be looking into this unless they're literally saying hey we just want a third round pick you know if the price is so incredibly cheap yeah the niners will do it but if the price is so incredibly cheap the jets are going to do it so it doesn't make right. any sense
1: yeah i agree with you i said the same thing in four niners and five Uh, yesterday morning, like this is just the Packers trying to, you know, create a boogeyman for the Jets because the Jets can sit back and say, look, if we do nothing, you got to pay that guy $60 million. So I know you're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're the Jets, you're saying this to the Packers. So I'm not going to give you a first round pick and you keep telling me no. And let's see you pay $60 million to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Packers are going to want to do that. Um, The cap hits, by the way, for Rodgers, the next three years, forget this year, 2024, 40.7 million, 2025, 59.3 million, 2026, 53.4 million. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan literally just said having a quarterback room on rookie deals is, quote, everything. He's not going to go and trade for Aaron Rodgers and then suddenly blow that up. Now, maybe before Javon Hargrave got here maybe he would have looked into it and at least had the discussion. But even then, I don't think so. And I agree with you. Something stinks about this rumor.
0: I mean, there's multiple other parts of this. One, get the heck out of here if you think the Packers are going to give Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers and have to deal with that storyline. There is no way they're willing to do that. There is no way LaFleur is going to give Rodgers over to. The guy that gave him his start and Kyle Shanahan. If Kyle Shanahan goes on and wins a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, something LaFleur was not able to do, what's the storyline going to be? Oh, LaFleur is the problem. That's why they weren't able to win the Super Bowl with Rodgers in in Green Bay. And then you got Green Bay. Like, the Niners keep knocking them out of the playoffs. There's no way they want to then turn around and go, okay, go win a Super Bowl with our guy. We're totally fine with that. There's just no way. It makes no sense. To me, this is one hundred percent. The Packers wanted a storyline out there to at least create another possibility. I think personally, if the Packers did that, they picked the wrong team because this is so unbelievable. Like, pick another team that's got more of a chance. You know, say say like the Texans or some somebody that actually has some logical chance of the Packers being willing to actually trade Rodgers to. There is no way Rodgers will be with the 49ers because the Packers will not give him to an NFC rival like that. And that pretty much means everything else is pointless because you know it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think the Jets realize the leverage that they have. Now, granted, the Jets don't exactly have a backup quarterback plan ready to go, but (laughs) they could always draft somebody if they want to, uh, or they could pursue Lamar Jackson. That's still a thing that's out there. So I feel like the Jets have more leverage in the situation. The Packers are trying to do whatever they can to get if
0: i'm the jets that's what i use for my for even more language put reports out there that you're pursuing lamar jackson to get the packers to go crap we need to move
1: it's yeah so i I think that the 49ers side of this is largely not reality anymore
0: not even reality on the packers side because they're not going to put him with the 49ers they're not going to make that marriage made in heaven storybook ending for rogers
1: the ship has sailed. You know, the Niners tried to get Aaron Rodgers in 2021 before they traded up to three for Lance. And they tried to get him after the day of the draft. They called the Packers to try again. So they definitely wanted him. But I just think that, you know, the ship has sailed and, you know, people could talk about, well, Rodgers is from there, blah, blah, blah. If they wanted Aaron Rodgers, they should have drafted him in 2005. It's not happening. And I look, I know I'm the old fuddy-duddy in the room, and people were getting on me on Twitter when I said this. Kay Adams called me out.
0: I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't think he's nearly I would take him as- if they could make it work, but they just can't make it work, so there's no point. Like, I think one of the ideal quarterback situations that the 49ers could fall into is get Aaron Rodgers, get two years out of Aaron Rodgers, and then the following year after Rodgers retires... You got Purdy in the final year of his contract. He can start. He can take over, and you can see if he's the real deal. If he's not, guess what? You don't owe him any money.
1: I don't want Rodgers. I don't think he's nearly the player he was. He's not all in, and that's the big thing for me, Levin. He's not all in anymore. He doesn't want to show up for OTAs. He had all rookies, basically, in his wide receiver room last year for the Packers, and he didn't bother to show up for OTAs to work with them. And then what happened? Oh, the offense started slow. And people are like, yeah, but at the end of the year, they look good. Yeah. After they actually got reps and time together, their chemistry improved. Imagine that. But like, if he's not invested enough to do that, then why do I want to bring this guy here? I, I don't like it. I don't want it. He said he was 90% retired before. If you're that close to retirement, you are retired. No, thank you for me on Aaron Rodgers. I don't want him.
0: <laughs> we need to start calling him Brett Rogers. <laughs> It's he's literally the
1: metamorphosis is almost complete.
0: Yeah, it's um, weird.
1: So no thanks on Aaron Rodgers. Fun to talk about for another day, but uh yeah, I agree. I think your take on that is spot on. The the Packers are trying to pull a fast. Damn one right and it every- is. <laughs> <laughs> I give you credit when your takes are right. It just doesn't happen that often. I know my
0: Twitter banner is proof of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See,
0: exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh and speaking of giving credit. I want to give credit to Haberman and Middlecoff because this is something that I heard on their show that they didn't spend too much time on and I have not been able to think about anything else since I heard it. So I wanted to bring it up with you.
0: You mean the two guys you didn't put in the media bracket?
1: Yes, Those I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Guy. and like, I'm, I apologize, okay? Habes and Middlecoff, forgive me. The question that I think it was Guy brought up is... Is Brock Purdy going to be a captain this year? Which I think is fascinating. And if you don't remember why, this was a big deal with me last year when the 49ers named their captains and Trey Lance was left off the list. The Niners had seven captains in 2021. Then all of a sudden in 2022, they mysteriously had six.
0: He wasn't left
1: off the list.
0: The list was trimmed. It was shrunk to exclude him. Yeah. Right. He was on, and they purposely said, "Oh, hold on, let's just magically cut it here. Oh, look, Trey Lance isn't a captain."
1: and they I mean, they first of all, they talked way too much about it. They revealed way too much of the process, which made them look terrible. Um, but they cut Lance out. He was mysteriously all of a sudden they they couldn't have another captain, and he wasn't a captain, and my whole theory at the time was because they knew they might have to bench him, and they didn't like the optics of that. so uh, Guy Haberman brought it up. Is he going to be a captain this year? And I think it's fascinating, Levin, for many reasons. If he's not a captain, the Niners can clearly justify it, right? We don't know when he's going to be back. We don't know, you know. There's too much uncertainty there, so he's not going to be a captain. What if he is a captain? What if Brock Purdy is a captain and he can't even play till week four? What does that then say about their decision to cut Trey out of it last year?
0: My take is. Trey Lance should be a captain whenever he gets the starting role back. If he's ready to go week one, he's going to be a captain. If he's not ready to go week four, hey, he's not a captain. We only have six captains. Oh, Brock Purdy's going in week four. Hey, we got seven captains again. Look at that. That's what I think should happen. Because I I 100% think he will be at the top of the list or very close to it amongst the player votes. I think he's going to be top three of the player votes. You think Brock will be? Yes. So I I think he will be in that locker room seen as a captain. The problem is, to me, I think it would be misguided by Kyle Shanahan to allow Purdy to be named a captain when he can't play, and then Trey Lance has to go out there. To me, I think you just delay it. You keep it at six captains, and then once he gets a starting gig back, you make him the seventh captain. But if Trey Lance truly has... As Kyle Shannon said, a chance to get the starting gig back. Then you got to make sure that there's not a a quarterback that's already a captain because then your hands are tied. I think the the moment Purdy is healthy, he has to go back in. But if Purdy can't go, say, until week four, you want to leave open that door just in case Trey Lance comes in and say through three games, he has nine touchdowns and they're three and oh, and you want to stick with him. You don't need that mess. So why create it? Why even open that door to a possibility? There's no reason to open that door as a possibility.
1: Which is exactly what they did last year. They didn't open that door. They left Lance off the list, and they even said he was the seventh guy, and they cut it off. They told us Debo was eighth, by the way. Um, If you forget, it was Armstead, Warner, Kittle, Trent Williams, Jimmy Ward, and Nick Bosa. Those were the six last year. So with Ward leaving, Levin, that opens up a spot. For Debo. Is that a co- you think it's Debo or Christian McCaffrey?
0: That's a good point. Um, I guess we'll find out. I I yeah, I would say it's probably more likely Christian McCaffrey.
1: It's interesting that Debo was that low, especially coming off the year that he had. Now he also came off an off season where he requested a trade. So maybe that was a factor too.
0: It could have and- been I, I would say it might be a little telling if uh Debo is once again not a captain of but right. If the, the Niners think there's at least a, they're going to investigate the possibility of trading him next offseason when they can and save money in order to afford Ayuk, then you probably don't want him to be a captain.
1: Maybe not. Does Javon Hargrave come in and all, you know, step up? I don't know what kind of guy he is in the locker room and you know, is he a vocal leader? That kind of thing I'm not sure. I don't know him that well yet. Um, but that would be fascinating too. You know, he would be replacing Ward, who obviously played on defense. Do the Niners want another defensive guy there to be a captain? I don't know. Could it be Mooney Ward? Could he end up being a captain? Greenlaw? Yeah, yeah it's possible, I suppose. But He's I an emotional see... guy.
0: He could be an emotional leader.
1: I want to see what happens with Brock. I'm fascinated by that. Like, if Kyle comes right out of the gate and says, yep. Brock Purdy's a captain. I mean, Kyle even admitted last year, I could fudge the vote. I could do whatever I mm-hmm. want. So if Kyle wants Brock Purdy to be a captain, it doesn't really matter what the players vote. He could fudge
0: yep. it. Um, if Purdy I... is a captain week one, even it, when he's not healthy, the writing is on the wall. Everybody knows <laughs> the deal. Yep, It's done. And I think that's stupid because I think that would have to, at least in some small way, affect Trey Lance. So why why do that? Like it, it but I wouldn't let me say this. I'm talking logically, it wouldn't make any sense. Why open that door in terms of whether or not I would be surprised if it happened? I would not be because this team, when it comes to stuff like that, I think Kyle Shanahan is extremely naive when it comes to kind of that human element part of it. I, I think he, I think he, he is kind of a hard knock, kind of old school guy that, you yep. know, quit being a crybaby, get over it. It's like, the reality is, yeah, it does affect things. So stop doing it. But he's never <laughs> learned that lesson. He's never going to. You know, I think obviously he knows how to handle players, but there are certain aspects that I think he doesn't understand The when you slight somebody or you ins- not necessarily insult, but, you know, there's some kind of perceived negative thing out there that does have an actual effect and it's not always positive. So you shouldn't open that door if you don't have to.
1: And here's the other, I think, kind of interesting side of this is what if Brock Purdy is voted as a captain by the players, but Kyle says, I don't like that can of worms. I don't want to open that door. I don't want to go through that process. He's already admitted he can change the vote. Does he then say, I got to take Brock off the list because I don't like the optics of this situation. And does he go
0: against the player vote? Is that a possibility? Absolutely like i said i think purdy will be top three in that voting 100 percent. so if purdy's not a captain i would say yeah shanahan did some shenanigans that that should be like a, a trademarked thing by the way shanahan shenanigans <laughs> shanahanigans <laughs> there's so many possibilities
1: there you can't you got to make it one word shanahanigans um yeah and it's funny because at uh, last year everybody told me oh trey lance hasn't earned it trey lance hasn't earned it but brock purdy with all of his seven games oh he's earned it
0: eh if i'm being honest with you i think that there is a little different of a level there hey uh trey lance started two regular season games brock purdy won two playoff games i think there's a little bit of a difference in terms of whether or not they would have earned it you win two playoff games as a quarterback you probably have earned the right to be a captain
1: I don't know. I could point to a couple of playoff games. Jimmy Garoppolo won where he didn't exactly earn it. I mean, let's not act like Brock Purdy was lighting up the Dallas Cowboys for a bunch of points. He didn't
0: No, but he won them. So, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was a captain. So,
1: yeah, and he friggin' shouldn't have been. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I had forgotten about all that captain stuff. And then when Guy brought it up, I was like, oh, my God, there's that's right. I forgot about that. I started digging through my old captain. uh, We'll be telling
0: one way or the other. If Purdy's a captain, we know it's his gig no matter what. If he's not a captain, I would say that leaves the door open because I 100% believe he will be voted in as a captain if you just win strictly off the player vote. So you will know Kyle's thoughts, I think, based on that. You will know whether or not he thinks Lance has any chance of actually overtaking and keeping that starting gig.
1: And they'll probably by then have a good idea of what's up with Brock Purdy because they didn't name the captains till September last year. And obviously with Brock, they're going to know before then where he'll be. So maybe there is
0: one wrinkle here that we haven't talked about yet. All right. Kyle could do a smokescreen, make Trey Lance a captain. And then week four, suddenly he's not a captain and Purdy's a captain and Purdy's starting.
1: I mean, I guess you could do that, but I think that optically looks bad too.
0: Well, he could give Trey Lance like the chance of a confidence boost. It's like, all right, Purdy should be back week four. Lance has an opportunity here in three weeks to show us what he's got. There's a small chance he gets to keep the gig. So I'm going to make him a captain, give him that confidence boost, get all the the media out there that, oh, Trey Lance is a captain. And you come out and you say, hey, he's the starting quarterback. We're going to make the starting quarterback a captain. And then all of a sudden you can still swap it and say, hey, our starting quarterback changed. So the captain's changed. I could see that wrinkle just for Kyle Kyle to be, you know, sitting there all, I don't know how you want to put it, but I could see him being smug sitting in that press conference, knowing exactly what he did to distract from everything else.
1: You know what my first question would be? Okay, Kyle, you wanted the quarterbacks to be captain. Why didn't you do that last year? Well, right. That, so, th- yeah, that would be my first question to him on that.
0: And he could say he learned from his error last year that he should have
1: fought. no kyle shanahan doesn't do that I he know. doesn't admit that he made mistakes no. and that it's always a player
0: execution issue
1: <laughs> that is not kyle's mo. mo he's not likely to admit that he actually stepped in it and maybe you know could possibly change one of his coaching decisions going forward no we don't we don't do that here in san
0: francisco no, definitely not they've never made a mistake by drafting a running back in the third round never <sighs>
1: Well, wow. Jason and Steph were talking this week about how every time they
0: mention the possibility of another running back, people freak out on them. There's no effing reason. You got McCaffrey, you got Mitchell, you got Mason, and I guarantee they'll find some promising undrafted free agent rookie because they do every year. Like right. zero, zero reason to take a running back.
1: Hey, I you, you're preaching to the choir. You don't have to convince me okay uh in the quarterback vein since we were just talking about that i know that we've discussed a lot this week on the network the jt o'sullivan april fools parody video uh where he quote unquote interviews kyle shanahan talked a lot about nepotism talked about kyle's drop back passing game um and i know that uh, you were fired up about it because you've been wanting to talk about it but you've had to wait till thursday of the week so uh yeah JT-
0: to- and publish it like wednesday okay
1: yeah, unburden yourself here. Yeah, I know
0: it's an April Fool's tradition, but, you know, I'm more important than a calendar, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's your beef? My, my beef is is that it can be all things that are being thrown out there. One, I love the video. So this is not a a rant on JTO I I love the video. But to me, like, people are, are taking it as, how dare you criticize Kyle Shanahan? He's a great coach. It's like, you can be a great coach and deserve criticism. And I, I think it breaks down like this. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Okay. So we should say that right off the start, but he does do some things that put his quarterbacks in bad spots. That they're going to get hit more. And the way in which he does that, which JT O'Sullivan, I think demonstrates very well in his video is that he has offensive linemen forced to do very complicated blocking. They got to pull a lot. This guy absolutely has to win his his role or his his uh, job on this play. Otherwise, the whole thing gets blown up, and we saw that on the Trey Lance injury one where the guard got blown up and the guy was able to get inside, and that made everybody else have to tra- change their angles, and they were getting to places late, and Trent Williams was getting in the hole and not quite sure what to do. Because you have such complicated blocking schemes, one, that's kind of what makes it work for Kyle Shanahan. That's why it's so hard for defenses to know what to do against them. But it does mean that you're putting players in a less likely to win situation because it's more complicated. There's more chance of a mistake and losing a rep. And when you have that as often as the 49ers do, that means there are going to be more reps. Might only be one, two, three times a game, but it is more. And it adds up over the course of a season where your quarterback is getting hit when a a simplified blocking scheme wouldn't get him hit. No. Like I said, that's kind of what makes the offense great. Any so you can't really just change that. But it can be that yes, Kyle runs an offense that puts his quarterbacks in the line of fire more often. And it could also be what Kyle Shanahan has actually said in press conferences that it's an execution issue. Yes, that's true. If if every single person did their job on the play, it would have worked. That's true. Kyle's not going to call a play that's guaranteed to not work. That would be stupid of him, right? So every single play he calls, yeah, if it's blocked and executed 100% perfectly, it's gonna be a great play. But that's true of every single play. That's why when Kyle said that, we criticized it, because it's kind of stupid. Yeah, of course, if the players execute perfectly. The problem is, is I think he puts them in low win situations sometimes. And you can look at some of the biggest examples. Can a a backup tight end block Hassan Reddick by themselves, long enough for a very long developing deep shot passing play no like that's gonna fail more often than not i think so you're putting it in a situation where yeah if the backup tight end wins his rep it's a great play but you're putting him in a situation that he's more likely to lose than to win and i think you also saw that with the way the defense lined up on the train lance play that jt o'sullivan showed where the the defensive tackle was moved over and so the angle for that guard was not going to be a good one. So he was almost guaranteed to not be able to win that rep just because of the angle in which he was going to ha- have to go to. And they needed the center to be able to go over there and help due to the angle, and they didn't do that because it was part of the play design to not do that. So I think it's 100% that you, the criticism Kyle deserves most as a coach, even though he's a great coach, what is a coach supposed to do? He's supposed to put his players in the best possible position to succeed and sometimes he does not do that sometimes he gets i think fixated on running this shot play and running this really complicated play that could end up working great and being a huge play but it's putting his players and especially the offensive linemen in a position to where they have a low chance of success and that's not necessarily good coaching and that's the part that i hold on though people are always always trying to say it's one or the other he can be a great coach but he could also be doing these kind of shot plays a little too frequently to where he could simplify it a little more often or give the players the ability to change it or something based on what they seen. The fact that the, the play wasn't changed on the Trey Lance injury when it was clear that the de- defensive tackle was going to be able to blow up that play because he was lined up far to the left of the guard that was going to have to block him, and he was right in the hole where it was supposed to be. That should have been changed.
1: Okay, but is that Kyle Shanahan's fault? I don't know. But also... Can't know for th- sure. That's true. There are plays every single game where a coach calls a play and you know what? They're in the wrong look. The defense is just in a play or a formation where the the offensive play is not going to work. That happens to every coach, every game, multiple times a game. It also doesn't guarantee that somebody's going to get hurt, especially having a season-long injury.
0: No, and that's why I said it adds up. If you're doing that more than other guys, even if it's only one two times a game, that's 17 to 34 more hits on your quarterback if it's one to two times a game. And that adds up. And I do think Kyle calls those those plays a little more frequently than others. And that's why we have seen his quarterbacks get injured far more than any other coach. And that that even goes prior to Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is part of it. And Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly injury prone. train Lance at this point is certainly, I would argue, injury prone. But at the same time, it can. that's another thing that can be both. Yes, you can have players that are more likely to get hurt for the unknown reason that medical doctors have not been able to figure out of why one person's injury prone and another person's not. But it can also be that you have injury prone players and you're getting them hit more often due to the type of scheme that you're wanting to utilize and the shot plays that you're wanting to call. It can be both. I just feel like he, he puts his players in a position where they're not going to be able to succeed a little too often.
1: I would say great play callers do the opposite. And I think Kyle is a great play caller. He's not perfect at it, but I, I think that he gets way more blame for injuries than other coaches. And to me, it's it's we've gone too far in that direction. Like, you, there are no... You can't
0: avoid all injuries if you call a perfect game. That's just not how it works. You know what I would be fascinated to see, and it's way too large of a thing for me to compute, whether or not this offense, go back, look at everybody that's running this offense, which is uh, an offense that causes a lot of offensive linemen to need to pull. It's a lot more polling. That's why and looks for these athletic offensive linemen. that are capable of getting to the second level. And look to see if those offenses... Do have when added up all together, you're going to get a pretty large sample size. Compare it to the NFL average for injuries and see if it is the offense. That because so many offensive linemen have to pull, you one have guys going in different angles, and two, when you're pulling, it takes longer to get to your spot, and a lot of things have to go right for you to be able to get to that spot. So maybe there's chances of guys getting hit more because you have so much motion going on amongst your offensive line. I'd love to see that because they are then you you can look at, you know, Mike Shanahan's offense, you can look at the Rams, you can you can go up and look at the Packers, the 49ers. You're gonna have a wide number, you know, you can get twenty, maybe even thirty seasons worth of a sample size to compare to the NFL average and see if it does actually lead to more injuries just because of the way the offense is set up.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you would actually compute that. You would have, have to go to have- every
0: single team, add up the injuries and track it. And that's...
1: I have neither the time nor the inclination to do that.
0: Something for an NFL researcher, (laughs) Michelle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll uh, segue us nicely. I see what you did there. You've obviously learned a thing or two after working with me for all these years.
0: Oh, yes. I learned this from you, not from my years of doing this. Into our last
1: topic of the day, which is apparently you have a bone to pick with me and Michelle for something we said
0: last week. Yeah. And the bone to pick is with you. You're oh, just, good you're dead wrong is what it is you are way underselling the Steelers and that that's just they oh, were God. nine and eight with <laughs> Bisky as a quarterback part <laughs> of the season <laughs> and with a rookie Kenny Pickett even if Kenny Pickett doesn't improve on his rookie year which I think he probably will there was some promise there uh, I saw a lot of uh because I watched probably five games of the Steelers last year especially towards the end of the season. Um, where pick Pickett made a lot of the right choices. It was, he was taking a lot of deep shots and that's where a lot of his interceptions came from because he would see one-on-one and he would throw a jump ball. And a lot of those jump balls ended up interceptions. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad decision. And you would think law of averages, those wouldn't be as many interceptions, but even if he doesn't improve, they will have better quarterback play than last year because they don't have that Trubisky period. But Then you also add in the TJ Watt, like Michelle said. You're looking at, if you just make those slight adjustments where, okay, say Pickett is just tiny bit better because he's not a rookie anymore, and they have TJ Watt healthy, that's a 10 or 11 win team that the Niners have to go to the Eastern time zone to play. That is not a guaranteed win. You had it in, you're like, you're not worried about it. They're definitely going to win that. That is 100% a 50-50. You don't know what's going to happen in that game.
1: I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, oh, wow. The Steelers have one good player on defense. Let me clutch my pearls. No, uh, we do this with teams all the time. People are doing this with the lions too. They're like, oh, look, they're at not the lions.
0: They're the polar opposite of the lions. They haven't had a losing season since we were almost in diapers (laughs) great congratulations why don't you try actually
1: winning something instead of just not losing more games than you win? nobody gets more credit for not having a losing season than mike tomlin when's the last time the steelers made a deep playoff run
0: great but if you are a 9 10 win team every single year it means that you are a decent team and that when you have to travel a very long way to play that team in their house, it's not a guaranteed win because they are a playoff team almost every single year.
1: Mike Tomlin, since 2018, he was nine, six and one, eight and eight, 12 and four, nine, seven and one, nine and eight. That's barely over 500. I'm not shaking in my boots to play them. I don't care if it's in Pittsburgh. I don't care if it's in San Francisco. I don't care if it's on the moon. All right. I do not care who the Steelers beat last year. Okay. They beat Cincinnati in week one in overtime, which weird stuff always happens in overtime. Mm. They beat Tom Brady. They beat the saints who stunk the Colts, who stunk the Falcons, who stunk the Panthers, who stunk
0: Who, who lost to the Falcons. Yeah. The 49ers when they were playing like crap.
1: Oh, so it's possible
0: that you have to travel that far and you could lay an egg.
1: Yeah. You can lay an egg when eight of your 11 defensive starters miss the game. Like the 49ers. I mean, they beat the Raiders. They beat the Ravens with no Lamar Jackson and they beat the Browns. Like, oh no, here come the Steelers. That's a win. Book it. Whether it's Brock, whether it, well, if it's, if it's Sam Darnold, forget that. I don't I won't pick the 49ers to win in any game Sam Darnold starts. But if it's Brock or Trey, that's a win. That's
0: a win. The
1: Steelers.
0: I don't think the Steelers are some great team sitting here, but they're a pretty good team and they're at home and the Niners have to travel a long way where the track record is not great.
1: The 49ers I are be, great. By the way, fascinated to-,
0: to see if they do a young if the schedule breaks down to where that Steelers game is like the second game of a east coast trip because youngstown is an hour from pittsburgh
1: well that's the issue is that the niners are good traveling east but then when they come back is usually when they have their problem and they do have if you look at the road games this year they've got quite a few trips to the to different time zones i'll say remember i
0: think it would be fascinating to have a a pit or a pennsylvania back to back have them play philly and then have them play the steelers
1: Right. Which is why I love when the schedule comes out in May, because we get to actually see how this breaks down. The Niners have road games in Philly, in Washington, in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, like we talked about, Minnesota and Jacksonville. So that's a lot of time outside the Pacific time zone. Remember last year after like their bye, they only left the Pacific time zone once for like the entire second half of the season. It's not going to be like that this year.
0: Actually, if I'm the 49ers, I would be sending the league saying, Hey, give us Cleveland and Pittsburgh back to back. Because right. Philly is six hours to or five and a half hours to the east of Pittsburgh. Uh Cleveland is like three hours, and right in the middle is Youngstown, which is, you know, the, the hometown of the 49ers because the owners are from there. But they've stayed there before, had success yep. there. And that's like almost dead on in the center between the two cities. So it'd be easy. Like they could travel to the game from staying in Youngstown if they wanted to. For either one of those games, it's close enough.
1: Jed said at the league meetings this year that he's willing to do the kind of extended East Coast stay again this year like he's done in years
0: past. If they're in Youngstown, I already told my wife I might be spending a week in Youngstown.
1: Oh, boy. eleven road trip. Actually, you probably should... wouldn't
0: even have to stay in Youngstown. It is about an hour from my house, so I could just make that every day.
1: There we go. Well, like I said, you know, we're we're talking about doing the Niners road trip to Pittsburgh to try and get that going. Um, hopefully we can. But again, that, we got a lot of stuff we got to get in
0: order before By that. Way, have you ever been to a major college game? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I, I was listening to you and Vish. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. See, I am polar opposite of you two, because I grew up in a Big Ten town, so I went to. Purdue football games when I was a young kid when I got into high school it was the Drew Brees years my mom decided to get season tickets she worked for Purdue so they actually weren't expensive uh and so like I've been to a lot of big football games NFL games have only been to three because the Niners don't play around you a whole lot when you grow up in the state of Indiana
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like
0: I that atmosphere like i live for that atmosphere when i was in college and i was covering my college team the first year i i covered the football beat i stayed up in the press box the second year i said screw this i'm going down to the sideline so i can feel that energy from the crowd and really be a part of it and so i did every game I, was, I would be roaming the sidelines back and forth and be watching like you can get more from that where you're watching the players and the coaches interact and you can kind of pick up on things that It's difficult to pick up from in the press box but i live for that atmosphere yeah great what does that have to do with me going to a game how can you be a huge football fan and never have been to a major football game of any level
1: because you're talking to somebody that's been producing a national sports talk show for years i always had a a national sports talk show to produce on Monday morning at 6 a.m.
0: You didn't have that while you were in high school. You didn't have that while you were in college. Granted, you chose a college with no freaking football team, but you well, were close you to me. Ma- I mean, you you were half an hour outside of New York, an hour. You don't have any. I do you know where New York and Connecticut are? <laughs> have you looked at a map? I do know no. where they are, but I don't know how long it takes you because I know traffic would probably be insane. It takes a lot longer than a half hour. Um, yeah.
1: I So first of all, I've gone to high school football games. My high school football team was awful. Uh, there was no football team in college because I went to Quinnipiac University. They do not have a football team. So I didn't go to any football games in college. And then, like I said, I started working for ESPN while I was in school at Quinnipiac. So I've been producing national talk shows on Monday mornings. I can't be going to a game on Sunday and hanging out till midnight and then showing up for work at 4 a.m. the next day, which is what I was doing.
0: Yes, you can. I have done it.
1: (laughs) You have not done it.
0: I have not. In fact, I do it every single instant reacts when we have a damn night game.
1: No, but you're not producing a national talk show where you have to be able to talk about everything that goes on in the other games, which you can't see if you're at one game. That's the thing. You're cut off. I, I don't like that feeling of... I need to like. I need to know what's going on around the league everywhere. I got to have multiple screens up. I got to be in my in my spot in my element. I I don't know. You got to be. In I your don't know basement, if I would like it. You're
0: saying. It. I don't know if I would like. You you just are being now known stadium. as Rob Hermit Guerrera. No more stats. You're Hermit.
1: That's that's a far less catchy nickname. <laughs> I'll just say that a little more fitting um, though. But I would obviously be willing to do it if we could all go to a game and get the chance to meet people. That would be really cool and all meet up. Cause we've all, none of us have ever been in the same room together. So obviously that would be super cool. Man, that's um, you,
0: Steph and Jason they've met.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah. Steph and Jason, but the rest of us have not um, speaking of things we have going on, which I mentioned a little earlier, you have started the official gold standard network, Instagram page. It is brand new. There's only two posts on the whole page right now. As I Both say made this
0: like an hour ago. <laughs>
1: So there you go. That's how fresh it is. But obviously we'll have more content as it gets going, but please follow us there. Facebook too. Uh, You can search GSN 49ers on Instagram and it'll pop right up. You can uh, obviously search for gold standard network on Facebook and it'll come up. We'll have content there for everybody. We're, we're getting this thing up and running.
0: We'll make a post once we're still working out the Kings. I literally just created them. But once we get everything kind of smoothed out, all the details in there, we'll make a post so that you can easily find the link to follow.
1: Right. But if you want to get on the early start, you know, the soft opening, so to speak, like restaurants have a soft opening. There you go. Feel free. Uh, we're going to hopefully get a website up and running. Um, It's in the works right now. We're It's under construction, let's say. But once we do, we'll have a gold standard website. I know, Levin, you want to write for it. Michelle wants to write for it. I'm going to write for it as well. So we're, we're trying to get everything up and running before the start of the regular season. So that's the ultimate goal. And uh, once we do... Party. <laughs> oh. who's gonna win that race we might have the website up in week one we might have it up in week four who knows it's
0: too soon to tell check
1: back in three months
0: uh yeah that's the race that's what we got to beat and that's screw the... regular season training camp training camp
1: probably. i know yeah the we, the better, we need really. to be
0: able to write about hey this guy had an interception in practice he's the next great one defensive mvp here they come you know,
1: I used to be on that train, but now considering that basically we were lied to last year in terms of how the quarterbacks did, I want to know every single freaking thing that happens in training camp this year. I want to know everything. I want as much video from camp because I don't know if Brock Purdy was good in camp last year or if he sucked. Cuz Larry Krueger says he was awesome, Jason Aponte and Steph and other people that were there, Grant said Brock Purdy stunk. So like I don't know. So this year Give me as much. I'll take
0: everything. sounds like we need to get a sponsor so you can go spend two weeks in San Jose. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't have anything else to do right
1: now. Please. Some, some local company out in California or San Francisco. We had 3 million downloads last year. That's a big audience for you. Feel free to throw us some coin of the realm.
0: And, uh, I'm happy to go out and cover training camp. Sure. And if you want to throw a little extra so a second person can tag along, (laughs) uh, I won't argue. (laughs)
1: God, I can't imagine what it would be like to be out on the road with you. We'd have to share a hotel room.
0: Oh, God. You'd be surprised. I am, uh, I have two different personalities the mess with you, uh, life of the party persona that is my outside of home. If I'm in my hotel room or I'm at home, I'm vegging relaxed quiet polar opposites i have to flip a switch to be this awesome and good looking i i'm speechless
1: <laughs> i have no speech if this is leaven with with turned up leaven, i don't even want to know what vegged out leaven
0: is do you even speak yeah i i really do have like two completely different if i'm out in public like the fuck like my father comes out my vo- my father's an extreme extrovert always the center of everything when I'm at home it's my mother's introvert and like I just sit around I don't I don't need to do a whole lot I don't want a lot of activities I will get annoyed if my wife has a whole bunch of activities planned for days off it's like how about I just sit and do nothing and you call me the hermit okay <laughs> That's gonna do it for this edition of when, the show. When's the last time you left your basement, Rob, or your house, I should say?
1: I went upstairs 40 minutes ago to eat lunch. That's jerk. why I changed it to the house because I knew you were gonna be yeah. like, I went upstairs. I leave the house every day. I got to pick up my son from school and drop him off in the morning. So there you go. Uh, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network, everybody. If you leave a five star, if you leave any review, I promise we will read it on the show. And please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube page as well. We will talk to you next week, Levin. I hope you have a Very mid weekend. How do you like that?
0: Yes, that's a great thing to say on Easter weekend. Thank you so much for that. Well, not
1: everybody celebrates Easter.
0: I'm actually going to my hometown, so boom. Is that good? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen my extended family in years at this point due to COVID.
1: They're probably really bummed about that too.
0: I got like 40 or 50 family members back in my hometown like i had 22 cousins on my dad's side
1: that is a lot well enjoy that we'll talk to you next week everybody